1: Let's get to our guest in Hong Kong. He is Ken Wong, Asian equity portfolio specialist at East Spring Investments. Ken, thanks for being with us. We're going to get trading on the mainland at the bottom of the hour as well, Um, obviously in Hong Kong too, but I was looking at the CSI 300 over the prior uh, four trading days. Enormous volatility. We ended the day yesterday, very little changed relative to where we began the week. Help me understand the volatility what's happening on mainland markets right now that uh, that would really justify these enormous moves in equity prices
2: yeah don't forget we had um specifically an interest rate reduction earlier this week so markets were contemplating specifically you know um you know sort of how that would have an impact and then when they start to realize that you know that tempest basis points deduction or reduction is not going to be enough then they reacted in other ways but then Obviously, you know, you've had President Xi Jinping also coming out, um, talking about how specific provisional uh, governments need to do more. Uh, We're seeing potential, you know, further debt issuances from provisional governments. So there's been a lot of uh, noise and market movements this week in regards to a lot of actions that's being undertaken by the government
0: and a lot of downgrades for China's economic growth which i guess just adds to that thought that you will see more stimulus coming through when it comes to what we could see in the interim i mean are you expecting the lprs to be cut next week too
2: yeah we do expect that to uh, to happen with that 10 basis points as well you know we reduced our forecast for the year as well to roughly about three to four uh, percent when it comes to economic growth, but you know we're we're still definitely monitoring the situation closely because ultimately you know with what we've seen from uh, monetary policies, more fiscal policies, and potentially um, a, a loosening of uh, you know further. Uh, crackdowns and regulations, potentially, you know, that could pave the way. But ultimately, you know, when we look at what's been affecting and impacting the Chinese economy so far, it's been property and also from the COVID policies, which has really affected consumption.
1: And the week began uh, Monday, uh, Beijing time, with a report on very, very weak credit growth. Um, Check that. That was at the end of last week. I get my days confused sometimes because I'm here in New York, you're in Hong Kong, you understand, right? But I think... <laughs> time zones fun- are hard. (laughs) Right, particularly on a Friday, Thursday here in New York. You see what I mean? Um, The problem, though, I think that we have to look at when we're talking about the markets is this idea that there is so much liquidity still in the system. Is China in a liquidity trap?
2: Um, not really. The fact is, is that right now, what needs to happen is, is that there needs to be a bit more demand when it comes to, uh, you know, sort of total so, uh, social finance, financing, um, specifically just more of a demand for credit. Um, at the moment, because of weakening economic figures, um, it has deterred. Uh, whether it be it uh, corporations and individuals to you know trying to get more credit, but overall when you look at earnings and when we look at a lot of the domestic A share companies, the fact is is that first half earnings is looking you know fairly solid right now. You know the fact is is that you know we're we're still seeing fairly robust earnings growth, especially from new economy stocks, uh, you know across the board. So you know there is definitely some positives when it comes to, you know, corporations and the companies themselves and seeing for, uh, you know pretty modest earnings growth to share.
0: Mm-hmm. So we mentioned we wanted to get your thoughts on where to allocate capital. We were speaking at Bloomberg to the CEO of the luggage maker, Samsonite International, and he says the real holdback for China unleashing will be international travel, which is still down 95%. I'm guessing that reopening theme is a potential positive one. What are you looking at in terms of uh, when we finally see the consumer in China able to spend outside China?
2: Yeah, that's going to be a very important aspect as well. Um, and again, you know, even domestically within China, we would like to see consumption pick up. But the fact is, is that you know, because of you know some of the COVID policies, that's really been impacting on overall consumer spend. And because of the fact that you know overall GDP figures haven't been as strong as anticipated, it's really kind of delayed and pushed back some of the spend that some consumers would have. But, you know, we are we are seeing, you know, signs over the summer that domestic traveling, you know, has picked up within China. And we are definitely, uh, you know, seeing some pickups of consumptions, um, you know, despite the fact that we have fairly weak economic figures in July coming in from China. Overall consumption numbers tends to be uh, or still is actually trending in the right direction over the past couple of months. So this is going to be important. So a lot of consumer discretionary names are something we'll continue to look at because, um, that potential of a further pickup in terms of consumptions.
1: So where are you with respect to things like you know technology and you know this kind of the the green revolution that's happening right now? That seems like it may be a very crowded trade in China. Is, is that true?
2: It, it is to some extent, but the fact is is that within the a shares, there is a lot of uh, stock selections and choices. In particular, you know when you look at some of these names, like you mentioned earlier, within the industrial sectors, you do have a lot of battery makers. You do have a lot of renewables, uh, solar, wind. A lot of these companies, which are really available. I mean, there's roughly about over a thousand A-share companies right now within the industrial side. So, you know, when you look at stock choices, there are definitely a lot of choices for us when it comes to stock selections.
0: Uh, we're looking ahead to some big earnings, the likes of Petro China, Food Delivery, Meituan, Bloomberg Intelligence forecasting Chinese companies could be set to report the worst earnings performance in two years, but we had Tencent as well come through with that first negative quarter of growth. What's your view on, on the earnings season in terms of a, a broad picture here?
2: Yeah, so far, if you look at earnings, um, US ADRs have seen quite a bit of decline when it comes to uh, you know, first half 2022 earnings. But when you look at A shares, so far the companies that's reported, they've actually reported fairly robust numbers. So if you look at first half 2022 uh, growth on a year on year basis, with only the companies reported, which has been less than 20% so far, we've seen rise of roughly about 14% earnings growth for A share companies. And so that is something to continue to monitor because the fact is is that yes, While there's still a lot of geopolitical tensions, uh, you know, for Hong Kong listed Chinese shares or specifically for U.S. listed Chinese shares, the fact is, is that when you look at domestic Asia markets, we're still seeing fairly robust and solid earnings growth.
1: So we were talking about uh, the weakness in the property market. That's a well-known story. But when you look at the industries that are connected with that, and I'm thinking of steel, I'm thinking of other industrial and building components that feed into that. Is this an area that you, or areas, plural, that you want to avoid at all cost?
2: At, at the moment, you, you want to be a bit more careful and a bit more selective because overall when you look at the property sector as a whole especially you know from a, a overall market cap or from a you know just even looking at it from an index point of view overall real estate exposures now on the mainland when you look at you know specifically how much exposure they have a lot of uh, a lot of the indexes and a lot of the funds hold less than you know one or two percent of their portfolios within real estate this is significantly down from you know five six percent just from you know five years ago so specifically You have seen already a lot less interest when it comes to uh, the the property developers on the equity side. Uh, On on a fixed income side, it's a little bit different. But overall, you have to be a lot more selective, uh, specifically when it comes to the property companies in China right now.
0: Yeah. And uh, just getting to your call there as well, you're saying bottom fishing opportunities in Asian bonds, and particular, Asia high yield bonds where valuations are attractive. Ken, we thank you for your time. As always, Ken Wong, Asian equity portfolio specialist at eSpring Investments on the line for us from Hong Kong here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.
1: Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we
0: have just the show for you.